Hey y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. I am so excited to sit down with Linda today, and we are talking about something I'm extremely passionate about, uh, boots and cowhide. So just to kind of a quick rundown of how Linda and I met, um, I was at NFR last year at Fort Worth, and something out of the corner of my eye caught my attention, um, the first being cowhide, because I am obsessed with cowhide and boots. So when you pair my two favorite things together, of course, I have to stop by the booth. And through that, Linda and I kind of started a conversation and started talking about her business and her boot business. Um, and without taking away too much of your thunder, Linda, I would love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about um, your business that you are just booming with now all of a sudden and finally taking off to, to its full potential. Okay, so it was awesome meeting you last year too at NFR and my name is Linda Alcala and my background in boots with the family business in Chicago, it was growing up in the business and seeing like the city side with the Western industry and always mixing it up. I loved it. I would go to trade shows with my father and I was able to express myself with like black on black or a dress with the boots and the tights. So that was pretty cool was integrating both sides. And then just one year, I actually branched off when I was like 26 and opened up my boutique. And then my mind started rolling because, you know, everybody goes to the trade shows, everybody buys, we all go to magic. And I remember having some booties from Aldo and they fell apart. And I walked by my dad's shop and he has a repair guy in there. And my mom's like, take off those boots. You look like you're an orphan because salt had like gone through the skin or the leather. And that's when I popped, my mind popped up and I was like, why can't we do a booty? with quality leather lining, a metal YKK zipper. And I branched off and I started just grabbing all my savings and selling all my Louis Vuitton bags and grabbing that money and going straight to Leon to the working, like the capital of the boots. And I started off there and then I had to learn shoe and boot construction. And of course I grew up loving cow hair and my dad would design couches with cow hair. Our whole kitchen was cow hair and furniture pieces. And that's when I integrated like fashion with Western and the twist. And of course, everybody thought I was crazy and in Leon because I knew all the factory owners because my father works with a lot of companies. And sure enough, they thought I was crazy. They said <laughs> no. And I had no support like back end for my father because he was just kind of you know scratch your own itch and sure enough it was a Spaniard that took me on a famous Spanish um, shoe designer who opened up a factory in Leon and that's where I learned shoe construction and you know the different construction of like a shoe compared to a cowboy boot okay. and with the twist of adding on my cow hair so it's like a seven-year journey wow and sourcing and all of that so and then finally making the move to Texas last year and meeting great people and learning the market better and just loving people that I love cow hair like you. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, what a, what a kind of crazy story, right? So my initial question is Chicago, right? Chicago is a big city, not a lot of cows roaming about. Where does the Western influence of 
kind of your fashion sense and your design? Like, where does that come from growing up in a, in a city? Um, my family business, it's the largest Western store in the Midwest. So they're actually located on Chicago Avenue and Ashland, and it's basically almost the whole block. Wow. And it's just a landmark. And growing up there, it's just a family, um, my father being the president, he had the twist of adding, incorporating Western and gotcha. adding a hat and adding boots. And he was just, he would fly and come down South and get inspiration. And he was the one who, he was like the entrepreneur that brought in the Western into the family business because it was just a men's fashion store. Mm -hmm. And everybody thought he was nuts. And then sure enough, it just the boom, the 80s, the 90s, Madonna, everybody wanted it. And then his their inventory grew to like 10,000 pairs and just being different. And I would remember like he I asked him, where did you go to school? And he's like, Linda, it's the school of life. And he would just take out marketing books. And it was just the marketing behind it, the postcards, like they were on Playboy and Hugh Hefner, Led Zeppelin, like Robert Plant. It was just an amazing vibe. And even him advertising in the best hotels and then the like famous people walking in because it was so out of the box. Right. Western and Chicago and being so close to downtown. And he even put free taxi. I'll pay for your taxi if you don't like what you see. Because it was just, it was cool growing up in that industry, but it was so different. He would always wear a cowboy hat. My father is named Richard. My bestseller is named after him. And like a bolo tie in Chicago. And we'd be going to like steakhouses downtown. And they're like, hey, are you Richard from Alcala's? I was like, hey, how come everybody knows you? But yeah. he was the only one literally wearing a cowboy hat. So it was cool, like expression wise and valuing the quality. But I also knew that it was just, different it was so different that people loved the quality behind the cowboy boots and of course it was only one certain style or a certain look in chicago that would hit it like a lucchese like 1883 line and the lawyers would always order like the round toe or they would never do square toe down there so i was also knowing what would hit like in the midwest right but then realizing like oh a booty would be great and that's why like my initial collection was amazing in the city because I knew that twist was right. like ready to like take off. But then down South is just honestly where it's at because you know, these stores are like, give me two rounds and blah, blah, blah. It's just different economy. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think it's probably really cool too for you to have seen I mean, the Western fashion industry evolved in such the way that it has and yes. really become a part of mainstream fashion now. And then like watching the CMA and lo like looking at these like um, Miranda Lambert wearing designer and then like red bottoms and yeah. like just not, it was just a twist. And I was like, hey, this is the crossovers here. With that said, I was always obsessed with doing pop-ups in New York. I was in Soho. I was in Williamsburg, I was in Artisan Fleas, I was in Renegade, like hand-picked, worldwide, fair. And it was always New York. I had storage in New York. And then one day I finally got into NFR through a buddy and he was like, hey, grabs the half of my space. And I was like, what? And I seriously just took off and I underestimated the show. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew you had to be there if you wanted, if you had wanted to create a brand. Right. 
and the cutout booth, the Natalia, the one you like, uh-huh. it sold out in three days. Wow. And I was just like, what the heck? I was kind of like, screw the high-end fashion world. Right. I was getting into fashion week. And it was just that formula was embedded in me. And then that's when I became loyal to the Southern market. I'm like, I am from here. Yeah. And I offended some, remember I even offended a group that was doing like a high-end Christmas show and I left that show just to show up at NFR. And when I saw the way they loved the product and they were picking like two to three different pairs and four and I'll take all of this, mm-hmm. loved it. I was just like, this is where I'm gonna grow the brand. Oh yeah, and and that's funny that you say that too because, well, and then this may be customers overall, but I feel like those involved in the Western industry and agricultural industry, like once they find a product they love and the quality's there, they are bought in and they are loyal. And yes, that's the Especially word. for a product for like yours, um, that's what I was just telling Linda before we hit record. I mean, I wear these boots all the time. Like they are my go-to. They are so comfortable. They look high fashion and they go with everything. Um, and they're just so comfortable. And that's the part that I think it's the fashion, but yet they're still practical as well. And then the construction with like, I did the leather lining, I did the metal zipper, but of course I'm not like a welted cowboy boot, but there's such great companies that have that. And it's just so it's like such a difficult market to get into with the cowboy boots because it's like, it has to be well-constructed. Right. I don't have like the whole capital to make my own factories with, you know, making a great quality boot such as Luke Casey. Right. So it was also like the being frightened and then doing something different. And then I remember even going to my first WESA, they told me like boot makers, like huge companies in the industry were like, you're in the wrong show, sweetheart. You have to be in New York. And that's when I was like, you know what? Enough is enough in the hallway. And I was like, don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. Worry about yourself. Because I right. designed a small collection. And I was like, where are, where are my samples? Like, yeah. you guys use my brain, but worry about yourself because the crossover is here. Right. And then I'm so happy that I didn't take their advice and I didn't leave. Because they basically right. told me, get out. You're at the wrong show. You'll never make it here. And it's so, kind of, it's, it's very cool to see how by you doing your own thing and i'm sure there's been plenty of times where you're like what the heck am i doing why did i do this this was the worst decision ever like when you fed me yeah just baby and i set up and i was like hey like i was just like oh my gosh you know, <laughs> but like, it's paid it's paid off right i mean you just told me that this was the best decision ever looking yeah, back you have to kind of the decision in life where what scares you scares you the most and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with a life-changing career move? Go for that decision. Go mm-hmm. for that choice. Because right. it's what's going to make you. Right. And then you're right. going to really like pass through all these barriers and realize like it's really hard to get here, but hey, it's worth it instead of being comfortable. Exactly. Because I think it's hard to um, you know be on the brink of success when you're comfortable. It's when you're in uncomfortable situations that the biggest things happen and the biggest changes are made. Being able to connect with you and doing this helps me a lot on the, it's like the first time I do like a Zoom and a cool interview with like a girl boss. So it's cool and it's also like synergy. Yes. Because just we, it's back and forth and this helps me a lot. And like I said before, like right now I knew it was like the time and that's when, when I reached out, I was like, okay, I'm in a good place. And I was excited because this helps me so much. Like well, with my 
Yeah. Yeah. And just, just networking. Right. And that's the biggest part I think with any industry that you're in is just being able to, like we just talked about, go out of your comfort zone a little bit and put yourself out there and be able to stand behind your product, your brand, your business and say, look, this is me. I would love to do this with you. I would love to help spread this message. And I think when other people pick up on that confidence, then, then there are no limits as far as what can happen that are coming within, because it's also like, you know, frenemies. Yes. I just, it's like, you know, I'm 36. I just want kind of like clear coat, like, you know, peace and love and I that from you. And I also want to like promote that, like within the industry and like the world, like we all have to be, you know, vibing off of each other and, you know, you do well, I do well, and let's support each other, especially amongst girls. Oh, yes. Like, yes. And and then the whole comparison stuff on social media and you see someone else take off and then it's like that pressure of like, oh my gosh, why am I not taking off or what am I doing wrong? And it's exhausting. Right. It's staying in your lane and yes. keeping the toxic away and just actually, you know, doing it and paying it forward and networking with the right women is so empowering and i also want to like promote that with everybody with like the young entrepreneur boutique owners like there's no need to slash each other we're all trying to you know just help each other right for sure it's awesome being able to reconnect with you like this yes absolutely i'm so glad we've we've been able to to chat and i'm again just excited to share more about you and your business and your process and speaking of that i do and i know there's a lot to it but if you could walk us through your process. So you're the designer, correct? So I'm assuming what you have a sketch pad or something that this vision comes to life on paper. And then like, what's the next step after that? Okay. So when I had the idea, it was so visual, like up here and taking my first trip to Leon, the creativity, I was always really good at art. I always loved painting. And I went to even went to art school as a young scholar at the art Institute. But with that said, I chose to study business Mm. instead of, you know, furthering my art passion. And that always crossed over into what I wanted to do or my career. And when I left to Leon, I noticed that it was just a bit of a misunderstanding between like the cultural thing is how they perceive Americans. And it was very, very disappointing that it was just a one way thinking that we were party people we didn't care and we're you know money's coming out of our ears right interesting inflated prices and we were just there to have a great time and i'm like that's not true right i have a brain and blah 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 and i had to start backwards i had to learn i'm fluent in spanish i had to learn shoe construction i had to learn from zero because I had to gain their respect because they thought I was an airhead Mm -hmm. and I didn't like that. And I realized in order for them to take me seriously, I would work for free and I would show up at six and I would leave at seven. I would leave at eight. I would even go with the Spanish, the design, the Spaniards line to um, like their world trade center in Leon. And I would exhibit his line and work with his international customers. And I owe a lot of people like the pattern cutter. You have an idea, you can have the sketch. First thing would be your last. And 
once again, I'm very blessed with Roberto. I started off with Euro a European last mm. and European last are very well fitted. The structure, okay. the silhouette, it's finely, you know, the silhouette is fine for the foot. And if you buy a knockoff and you don't know from like the black market in Leon or you go to like the shoe market, they're just copies, copies gotcha. of the ones they bring from China. And then, you know, I'm not gonna bash anybody, but it's just what it is. Right. We'll try on a, you know, generic brand. And you're like, oh my gosh, I love the boot. And you could be anywhere at whatever store, but then you realize, oh my gosh, this boot is so wide. And when I walk and the nails and it's the last. Hmm. And I, I'm so grateful for that part because it's the most important part of your shoe is the last, it will be the fit. And since I don't do a traditional cowboy boot, the next step is like guaranteeing yourself that you know where your soul will come from. And then with that said, it's only a certain soul that will fit your last. And then I do a high blocked heel. Mm -hmm. I do a mid heel and then I do like a short one. But my first collection, I wanted everything welted. And I learned that I can't do welted leather also and a leather stacked heel on a high blocked heel because it's like, you know, Liability purposes, the customer can slip and crack if she's drunk at a nightclub. And quickly I transformed that into like injection out. So rubber and to, I learned to source my, you know, get to know the suppliers that were sourcing the comp the fa factory and learning what I can do to the heel to make it look more rustic and leather. You know, it, would, it was like um, framed in leather. And then after that was learning, you know, your consumption leather lining because of course they were you know they were letting me have it with the mm -hmm. price and it you know over there it's decimeters and learning how much consumption my boot was taking on the short shaft boot because they were charging me like it was a traditional 13 eight, like shaft right western boot and then learning the price of the metal zipper because i was using a ykk and then the pattern cut the pattern cut would be like the the shape of my shoe like the short richard and going and working with a really good prestigious like pattern maker because if it's too wide then at the when you make your shoe it was going to be floppy mm -hmm. and then um making the samples and approving and then the most difficult part is learning the like teaching them not to kind of because it wasn't a normal leather, right? It was cow hair. Right. So they thought it was hilarious. Like, oh, this crazy American <laughs> is using cow hair when they would just throw away the hides because it right. was no use to them. Right. And teaching them like, okay, there's two pattern cuts, the front and then the heel, right? The sha the front part, the chinala, mm -hmm. and then the heel. So I was like, okay, let's do black and white and let's do a contrast on the heel. And then they started showing love to the product because I was just getting, you know, crap. Right. They wouldn't see the art behind the contrast of the spots first and then putting a different heel color on the back. And I would get very, very bad shipments in where it was all yellow, all white and one stain. And I had to blow those. I had to blow those styles out. Right. Blow them out like even like, you know, cost. Right. And people would ask me, like, why are you doing this? And it was a mistake because I never knew anything about manufacturing. I didn't know anything. I was really, I'm so creative, but then it's just the but school of life. 
Right. And learning the business side of it. Right. And learning, you know, okay, you gotta be, and you have to be there when they're pattern, they're cutting the hair on and you have to be very specific because of my not overlooking it. I received all yellow, all white hair on. So it's just, it was my MBA. I always wanted to go get my MBA. I was like, this is my MBA. Yeah. <laughs> life learning shoe construction. And yeah. shoe construction. It was, it's awesome. You never stop learning. Right. And I feel like too, now that, I mean, you have all of this knowledge now, it just makes your product that much better because you know, you literally know the ins and outs of every centimeter that's on that boot. Right. Yes, with like all the mistakes and, you know, <laughs> wanting it so bad. And then just even recently, I went in the beginning of July back to Leon with the new shipment that came, it's coming in and it arrives Friday here. And then learning more with like, you know, with my leftover, I have like so much bags of leftover of hair on. I'm like, hey, let me do a sandal. Mm -hmm. And being here yeah. in warm weather, I'm like, hey, I need a sandal. I need a mule. I need an open toe pump. Yep. You know, it's all these cool styles that are arriving, like a Doc Martin boot, like combat boot. And um, and I was like, let me put all of that into use and learning the way I can like even flip the leather and just do like a little stitch on top. And it's less, I could use more consumption of the scrap pieces. Gotcha. I was like, God, I love this. And I love, you never stop learning. And once you find your passion, it's not work. Right. So learning because you're just happy to do it right 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 happy to to do it and and try to get to the next level of creativity or product development or whatever it may be oh, product development it just doesn't stop so it's cool yeah appreciate it too oh absolutely i mean it's such a obviously a creative process and then a manual labor process as well and then that's not even factoring in the marketing, the business, the finances, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's people, you know, people think, and, and I hate the term small business because when you're truly a small business and you're a one person show for the most part, I mean, there's help employees here and there. I mean, it is you eat, sleep, breathe that right on top of other things. And, um, those of people who have small businesses and also full-time jobs and kids and life, I mean, it's just, small business owners do not get enough credit for all of the things they try to juggle. <laughs> I was so like, it's an obsession that it becomes cause it's a challenge. And it's also because it's being a female and them perceiving you differently down there and having to work 10 times harder than them. It was interesting because they didn't value it. And I yeah. didn't respect my creativity. Cause I was so, I was like a hamster a hamster in a ball, like going after and attacking this and each obstacle where I became burned out. I was burned oh, out. I can only imagine. And COVID made me like sit down and realize like, oh my gosh, like my life has passed me by in front of my eyes. I have lost years and years of like connections with my siblings mm -hmm. because I was just on the road to this and right. this, it just took over me. And that's yeah. like another piece of advice I have, like take your time and also disconnect and give yourself a break because once you're burned out, then you will stop. Yeah. And I was like, when is this going to come back? Like, you know, the wanting it again, because you question yourself. So also like you have to take the time for yourself and, you know, mentally you just 
love yourself too and don't forget about the person that's doing it which is yourself right and your reason why right your reason why you started it yeah. i think i lost myself on the journey i know i did i was burned out i did so much in all these years but in a way you were so blurry and you couldn't see a clear path mm -hmm. like and it's the worst feeling because you don't if you don't hang around with too many people nobody's going to tell you like hey slow down exactly so I was like, man, you have to talk about that part too. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, and I was going to ask you, you know, being a woman in business and <laughs> trying to forge your own path in something that no one's ever done is lonely and it's, it's exhausting. Right. I mean, I, nobody wants to date you. Yep. <laughs> I remember my, when I wouldn't like get off my horse, my high horse that my father was just like, what did I give birth to? Cause he didn't you know, the king of the jungle. And I would have all these ideas at the shop. And he's like, this is my, it's my way. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. It's, this is your book. And I have to, you know, carve my own path in life. And I left. And I, when I had the idea and I told him, he just looked at me and exact words. It's like, you can't do that. You're a girl. I was like, what did you tell me? Mm -hmm. Like, Linda, you know, you know how Mexico is, sweetie. Without my backup, they're not going to take you seriously. And I sat there and I had already had my ticket booked to go to the factory. And I told him, I was like, before you die, Richard, you're gonna live to see me succeed. But it was just the challenge behind it. And, you know, it's just, of course, we're all gonna have the feeling behind it. And now, you know, accepting and forgiving the path of life, but girls work 10 times harder than boys do. And being in this man industry is very, very intimidating, but it's not impossible. We yeah. just have, you have to know your stuff. Yep. In order for women to, you know, come up, I think we do have to take the role of not underestimating ourselves and believing in oneself and also helping girl to girl power because nobody believes it's me. And I have kept my mouth, like I was quiet when I arrived to market because it's 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 very intimidating oh, it's yeah. very intimidating and then I realized Linda you do have to talk about it because I would see the way the buyers would perceive me when I was just wearing like a tee and jeans or cutoffs and my hair on gym shoes and then I would wear a suit and that would make me look more professional right I would explain to them the process and they're like hold on hold on this is you okay let's do this yes yeah. So I was, yes. So just figuring it out, but we can do anything, but we just have to work really hard. Yep. I'm so glad you said that. It's, it's an intimidating, um, cutthroat situation being a woman in whatever. Um, but it's not impossible. And I think that's really important. And I think hopefully for those of you who are listening, I know I have the majority women listeners who listen to the podcast and, and watch the podcast. Um, hopefully that that's something that resonates with you, whatever you're doing and whatever you may challenge you may be facing right now. Um, it, it's, it, it can be hard, but it's not impossible. Just, just keep going. Up. Yes. And speaking up and I've realized in even in sales or any industry, it's so like where it's also the intimidating part, but then it could also come down to sexual harassment and yeah. putting your foot down and saying no. Mm -hmm. And I've lost sales, right? Big orders because I won't, I won't go along with it. And right. I'm, hey, 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 you, this is all wrong, right? And I, 
later on finding out who the people were, I realized like, oh my gosh, what did I do? But then I was like, no, women should not be, we should not be seen as like a sexual object mm -hmm. when clearly there's an order form in our hands and we mean business. And right. even with yourself and being in that industry where you're a female amongst all these men, I was like, we should not like keep our mouth shut. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I think a lot of people don't talk to talk about because we're afraid to ruffle feathers and afraid to have a perception or tag put on you once that happens. But um, it's something that definitely happens in the industry. I don't care who you are; it happens, and even in very small situations, uh, yeah. you know that you wouldn't expect it, or no one is going to say that it happens. It definitely happens, um, and it's just. I feel like women have come a very far way, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and still a lot of things that need to be talked about. And um, like, I don't personally like label myself as a feminist or anything like that, but I'm for women feeling like they can do hard things. And um, that's my soapbox for the day, but that's, um, it's just one of those challenges. I think that's why we, it's just mutual because yep. we both practice it and we both encourage it and i think that's why we connect so well absolutely it out and it's awesome that you can promote the same thing because it's so important and one of my when i was going down the whole journey of finding myself and wanting to talk about everything i've been through and just being transparent about that topic because mm -hmm. you kind of like you know you swallow your tears and yep. you're like let's be put together and hush hush and it was to the point where i'm like okay cool but i'm known as the girl from chicago that's blunt and this and that it is what it is but hey you know i didn't come on this to this earth for this and that i was like and we have every right to defend ourselves right so. and, it, and it's not a sign of weakness too that if you've been through this a situation or you feel like you need to talk about it either i would associate that with a sign of weakness yep. or being you know, out of place. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you're right. It is. We just have to come out of it. Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, I know we've touched on it throughout our entire conversation, but if you had one piece of advice to another woman who wants to be in business or even just, I don't know, follow a passion, what would be something you would tell them? If they have a passion for a hobby or a passion to make into a business, right? Mm-hmm write it down, structure it out. And it's basically, well, I'm not going to say it's not rocket science, but growing up in the industry, it was easy for me to see it because I could connect, you know, wholesale manufacturing, but learn the steps into taking it to the next level okay. and take a trip. If it's for retail or it's for you know, manufacturing, take a trip and go to, um, go to a convention and go to magic. And it's, it's garments, like ask questions because mm -hmm. I've always asked questions and that's what got my mind rolling. Like, what do these people do? And why are we buying from them? And how do they make money? And what's right. the play here? And that's what I did. And I know a lot of people would just be like, Oh my gosh, this girl, she's asking so many questions because I was so young, but ask questions yeah. and don't just like get stuck on it. Keep going and write it down. And if that's going to help you and find out the steps and follow through with your goals, because a lot of people say it and then they forget it and yeah. they won't do it. 
mm -hmm. be productive with accomplishing it and seeing an outcome because it's very fulfilling. And sometimes we get so stuck on social media and it's, it, it's toxic. It, it could like intoxicate your life. A hundred percent. With that said, I was always in Mexico with the whole social media vibe that came in and like even with the whole singers and everything and I would come back and I'm like, what song is that? Who's that? What is that? And they're like, what planet are you from, Linda? I was a <laughs> to everybody my age. I was like, and I would tell myself like, screw you. Like, what do you know about leather? What do you know about this? What do you know mm -hmm. about that? Cause I had bigger problems to worry about. Yeah but I wasn't with the times cause I wasn't in it. Yep. And I lost that whole social media thing because I wasn't practicing it and I don't know much, but then you find good people that help you out and you know, can bring your brand. And we, what I could see from the outside and being the outsider that wasn't inside the group is that we, we have lost ourselves in it. And this is most, this is the most important thing where it takes away all your time from accomplishing yourself and what you want to do mm -hmm. and like just lay off of it for a bit and think for your like what you need yep yep yeah i a hundred percent agree and i um again if there's somebody who is listening or watching and you have had these same thoughts or struggles lately hopefully this will help because even just personally i sometimes i just need to put the brakes on and like reevaluate like, okay, why does this post matter? Or why do I need to be talking about this? Um, and just even just a second to think and breathe can help with a it lot of clarity sometimes. It happened to me too, when I was like, oh my God, like online and looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like good slash bad. Because yeah. then I get more in tune, I'm studying what I have to do, but it does take over you. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obsessive. <laughs> yes. And, you're, and you want to be that. And yeah. You, and the comparison mm -hmm. and at least you're admitting about it. I thought it was just me. But. No, definitely not. I, I mean, and, and then I know I'm doing it and then I still fall into the trap. So then it's like that moment where you're like, okay, like snap out of it. Like you literally just talked yourself off the cliff a month ago. Like, why are we doing this again? <laughs> we, have to, we have to text each other. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so time. Not comparing yourself to anybody, but you know, be positive on your path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think too, the people who are probably the most successful on social, excuse me, social media and business and all that, if you talk to them, they say like, I don't follow that many people. I really don't try to do outside research. Um, I just stick to my own thing and it pays off for them. And so I think that's something personally I have to keep in mind as well. But at least you're talking about it too because that's what happened to me and i'm just like follow your little path stay on your path and don't do these comparisons because then you just get off the path and you just think about what you're doing wrong and why you're not there and then mm -hmm. you see the yep yep absolutely absolutely well linda if you are ready for our um final rapid fire questions real quick yeah. uh, okay so the first one is <laughs> the first one is what is your favorite boot in your collection the richard For the sure. mid-heel um shorter boot mm -hmm. it's like you can run in it and at the same time it gives you enough height and you don't look it's just sexy and comfortable right i think my mom has that one um in the red i believe 
Um, and then what is your go-to fast food place? I discovered Chick-fil-A. Oh, I love Chick-fil-A. My weakness. Yes, I love Chick-fil-A. It's quality and it's good. Yes. And honestly, I just had this conversation with someone. I said, it's not like the world's best chicken, but it's the people. Like they just make you feel good and that makes you want to go back. <laughs> we don't have a lot of Chick-fil-A's. We barely, in Chicago, they wouldn't even open up. I don't know. It's just something so political. And being down here and like the salads and mm -hmm. it's consistent quality and the yeah. people are happy to be there. And I think it's really good compared to crappy other their competition places yeah for sure for sure and then the last question is one thing that you cannot live without my family my daughters it's learning to just take the deep breath and you know texas brought me so many blessings uh, on staying on path and being aware of you know there's a lot of family instilled here down south and Absolutely. they support even when i was pregnant and I didn't realize, you know, in the fashion world, they see kids as, oh my gosh, get this kid out of here. Mm -hmm. So annoying. And you see a lot of women entrepreneurs that bring the kids to market and they go to Round Top and they, they, they also have cattle back at home. Yep. And just the strength has inspired me to, you know, you'll also keep your family closer to you. And I was excited to see that you can bring your kids to market. And they're, you're not going to get in trouble and a mm -hmm. buyer is not going to roll their eyes at you. Right. And yep. be, yeah. And it's awesome to like be able to be happy from that. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big part too about when you think about family and family businesses too, just being able to instill, look, this is what mom does. And this is how, if you work hard, you can have things like this and um, have things to be proud of and like this as well. To hide that part of your life. Yeah. Because the buyers will roll their eyes. They're like, inconsiderate about that situation and picking up on that vibe up north and like east coast i realized that i couldn't talk about that part or even bring it around because that was a sale right out the door mm -hmm. so like, and here they're like oh hey what's your name i'm like yeah. what really oh being at anna far with the newborn two mm -hmm. weeks old i was like oh my gosh like okay so it's cool here yeah <laughs> and that made me so happy <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great. No, I definitely think the South for sure is definitely family oriented or family oriented in that way. Well, Linda, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so glad that we finally got to connect. Um, and if somebody is wanting to know more about you, wanting to find the boots, what is the best way for them to get in touch or find the products? Okay, so our website is www.alcalasboots.com, A L C A L A us and then boots b-o-o-t-s.com and then my email if they want to email me linda at alcalas.com would be the awesome. best because then instagram if i don't check it well you know it's like <laughs> trail and trail so yes with like reconnecting with you so that's why i'm like oh my gosh i have to reach out because yes cool. absolutely um and i will put all that information in the uh, okay. notes for the for the episode as well and Again, thank you so much. And I'm excited to see everything continue to take off for you. Yes, thank you. Have a good Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks on Instagram and Facebook. And that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the Ag Chicks channel.